Love Talk Radio. doing an experimental show after the final bell. Myself, Giandra LaBeouf of The Ruckus, Isma Abdusalam of The Ruckus. Usually Ryan Bivens of The Ruckus is with us, but he has opted to party tonight. And I don't blame him. Why not? So we are discussing what we just watched tonight, what was allegedly Floyd Mayweather's final fight against Andre Berto. We saw a knockdown drag out fight between Orlando Salido and Roman Gonzalez. We saw George Groves and Badu Jack, great, great undercard, main event, not so much, but it was exactly what we expected it to be. So let me bring in my co-host, Ismail Dussalam of Beatsboxing Mayhem. You still awake on the East Coast? Yeah, I want to go party with Berto. I know he's partying tonight. He got $4 million and didn't even get touched up too bad. Man, he better keep uh, Wyclef away from that, you know, he, you know he's not exactly the, the most... Uh, penny wise when it comes to the fundage so you know like i said if you're tuning in we just got through finish we just finished watching floyd mayweather put on a i don't even know if you would call that a clinic because it wasn't competitive i kind of determine a clinic being a fighter just so superior to a fighter that they outperformed them but this wasn't even competitive it was like me boxing with my kids so, you know, can you really call that a clinic if you're not of the same level? You know what I mean? What do you, what do you think? Would you call that a clinic? What would you call that? I would call it showing mercy on your little brother. That's basically what it came off as. You know, before they started their little trash talking and everything, they had a moment. Well, no, I think it was afterward where Kenny Davis brought them together, said, stop the trash talking, yada, yada, yada. And they both patted each other on the back like, okay, we'll, we'll calm it down a little bit. They've known each other for years. You've seen them sitting ringside before, so they have a relationship. I, I wouldn't say they're best friends, but they know each other well. And this, to me, is one of the first times you've seen Floyd fight somebody that he's really cool with. And this is kind of what it looks like. You know, he didn't go out to embarrass him. Um, he didn't go out to make it a toe-to-toe fight and fight him like he did May down there in the first fight. He just made it, you know, pretty much a sparring match, you know, just to show that he is superior but not going too far to really embarrass who he was fighting. That's what it came off as. You know, he actually looked like he was fighting somebody that he actually liked. You know, as we look back at, at 
Floyd's opponents. Would you say there's been anybody in his lineage other than tonight's Berto fight where you thought he had the same sentiment towards? We know for damn well he didn't like Ortiz. Cotto, I always felt he had a tremendous amount of respect for. But that having the respect for someone is not the same thing as actually liking them. Marcos Maidana, I think he was indifferent towards. Same with Canelo. Victor Ortiz, it's pretty clear what he felt about Victor Ortiz. Can you think of anyone else in his lineage where he would have had that same sentiment towards? Not really. I think maybe the closest would be Zab to a degree. Um, Mm. But I think he saw Zab more so as um, a marketable opponent. You know, they were cool with each other and all that, but he was at a different stage of his career because at that point he was still trying to ascend the pay-per-view ladder. So it was still important that he puts on a good performance and really go at the person he was fighting. So the mentality in this fight is a little bit different. Like you said, afterwards, he's accomplished everything he sent out to do. So this one is more so just a cap on everything. So I don't think he was really as motivated to really, number one, go all out. Because like, what, what for? You know, I've done everything I need to do. I beat my biggest rival. I'm fighting one of my homeboys. You know, I can just go through the motions, basically, because he knew he was fighting somebody that wasn't a threat to him. You know, I think he, you know, Cotto was a threat to a degree. He had to fight him a little bit different. Pacquiao was obviously a threat. That's why he fought him the way he did. Roberto, he didn't have nothing to fear, nothing at all. Nothing at any time. It was like Berto was still in that water running on a treadmill. If you're just now tuning in, <laughs> this is After the Final Bell, brought to you by Bad Culture Radio. If you'd like to talk to us, the same call-in number, The Ruckus, 718-508-9852. A short show. We have the post-fight press conference kicking off at 1030, so we will wrap this show before that begins for those of you who are interested in tuning into the post-fight press conference so we can hear more about the hell of the team and the tremendous fighter and tremendous people around them and all those great things that we tend to hear in a Floyd Mayweather post-fight press conference. So we will... uh, we will cut the cord on that for right now since we'll see the same thing in the press conference. Let's talk about the fight we really want to talk about. Let's talk about Orlando Salido and Roman Gonzalez. Hell of a fight. Those guys went definitely, balls to the wall definitely. for the entire fight. Terrible decision, a draw. I mean, you know, it's easy in to second-guess someone's judgment when you're watching at home on the TV or even when you're sitting ringside because everyone values different things in the ring. I scored Orlando Salido winning the fight. My prediction for the fight was that he would win, capitalizing and remembering the mistakes that he made in their first matchup. What did you think of the scoring decision? And talk a little bit about your pre-fight prediction. Well, pre-fight, I had... Martinez winning again simply because I'm always going by the mantra at some point Salido's going to get quote-unquote old. You know, he's been a pro since 15 years old. He started, I believe, in like 97. You know, so to put that in perspective, when he turned pro, you know, Mace was the hottest rapper in the game. So think about that. Bigger than Jay-Z, bigger than everyone else. So you know that was a long time ago. So after all these wars he's been in, you got to figure at some point he's going to slow down. So I figured that in the second half of the bout, he was going to slow down enough where Martinez would be able to box him, maybe get a knockdown, and get a clear decision. That didn't happen. You know, he was, they had the knockdowns early on, but he was in his chest for the majority of the fight, working the body, and that paid big, big dividends. Now here's one thing i got to say. 
Um, the draw didn't feel right, you know, because I also scored the fight for Toledo, but I scored it 115-113. That's pretty close when you look at it. So when I look at my scorecard, I'm like, how did this come about? So basically in the first four rounds, I gave Toledo three of the first, I mean, excuse me, I gave Martinez three of the first four rounds. Then I gave Toledo rounds five through nine. He's pretty dominant. But I thought Martinez came back in rounds 10 and 11, and I thought he lost the final round that I went to Toledo. And because the knockdowns canceled each other out, that's how I came up with that 115-113. So if I scored a round just one round differently, that's how you end up with the draw. So I can conceivably see how it happens, especially when you factor in things could be a little different ringside. But it did feel wrong. I did really feel like Toledo had done enough to win the fight, even though I had it close on my scorecard. So that can only mean one thing. I mean, we got to have a trilogy. I don't know if their bodies can hold up in time to have a, a trilogy of fights in one year, maybe by December. But I definitely think by the beginning of next year, it's a no-brainer they should be back in the ring together. I, I too, had Orlando Toledo dominating the fight. He definitely capitalized on the mistakes that he made in their first outing for the title. We didn't see the same flash knockdowns. We didn't see, we saw a little bit better head movement, still aggressive, still smothering. And it was just that smothering approach that left Martinez un, with nothing to do, nowhere to, nowhere to find his way in. He did manage to get some good exchanges in there in the middle rounds, but he was just completely overmatched for the entire fight. A draw, yes, there were some close rounds, but I don't think there were enough close rounds to rule the fight a draw. But if their intention was to set up a trilogy, bravo, job well done. You know, maybe they're factoring in the future for May when there's no one available to fight. We know that Canelo would like to take those fight dates over, but Canelo's fighting in November. To say he would turn around right away after fighting Cotto, which is not going to be a light touch, and have him fight again in May is unlikely. So maybe... This is Mayweather promotion exerting their footprint into the boxing landscape, putting a, you know, putting a, a flag into the, into the dirt, marking their territory for May by saying, look, we already got this fight lined up, the trilogy, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you never know. There's a whole bunch of Illuminati and conspiracy theories that go with any kind of decision making or anything associated with Floyd Mayweather. So we don't know what the rationale could be with that. But great fight. I enjoyed it. It was every bit as exciting as I thought it would be. Low buzz from the crowd. I mean, usually it wasn't as well attended as some previous fights that we've seen, but there were still 10,000 people in there and we couldn't hear anything. Anytime we can hear people ringside yelling F you, but we can't hear people applauding or cheering. What do you make of this crowd? Who composed this, of this, who composed this crowd for this fight? As we last heard uh, last week, 2,000 seats still available to fight. Who do you think were in these seats watching these fights that weren't cheering? Pretty much whoever was aimlessly walking through the casino, they probably ran up to him like, here, we got some tickets for the fight. Go to the, go to the MGM Grand Arena. And, oh, okay. Oh, again. You know, I was just, just sitting here gambling. So basically, I think that's what it was. It wasn't really fight fans in there. It, and Eric Morales, he was really right on with what he said. You know, it wasn't as PC the way you put it, but he basically said this is a Mexican holiday. There's not going to be any interest in watching two black guys fight. You know, the main interest has always been with Floyd. He's fighting either a Mexican or a Latino on that date. So that was always a selling point. Didn't have that this time around. You had somebody that wasn't just not Latino, 
but wasn't an upper echelon guy. You know, was a guy that's been struggling his last couple fights over the last couple years. So there was no drama, no intrigue to this fight whatsoever, no nationalistic feel, nothing. So that's why you got the crowd being so dead. You know, even though you had a great undercard, it was really just composed of people who weren't really fervent fight fans like that, especially considering the holidays. So it was a bad idea. I wouldn't even call it the money grab because I can't conceivably see how much money they can make off a card in an event like this when you're paying thirty million, thirty over $30 million just to Floyd by himself. So I don't even see the pay-per-views and everything being able to even this fight out. Now, they should pretty much have a war chest over the uh, main Pacquiao fight, but I don't see this fight really doing much for Showtime whatsoever as far as the bottom-line profit. What do you think Jesus Sotokaras was doing during the main event? Sitting there smugly with his shirt off with two women, and he's drunk, telling them <laughs> that I did much better than what Floyd did tonight. Like once the fight goes off, I'm, I'm gonna show you my my performance against Bird. I'm pretty sure he has it on DVD. He probably watches it every day. Exactly. He probably wants to rematch now. You know. <laughs> Let's bring it big, Mike. I know this is Mike Money call it from New York. I can tell by the three four seven. What's like? What's up, Mike boy? What's good? What's good? What's going on? What's going on, Mike? Not much. You. Try to try to make heads or tails of this this uh, mess we just saw tonight. Well, I can't even say it was a mess. It went as we expected. The undercard was pretty great. You know, Mike Money. We know you always have a different view of the bridge. What do you think of tonight's fight action? You know, I mean, I was at, I was at the bar in you know Central New Jersey. I was just doing it up, man. Uh, Mayweather's supposed to last fight, which is bullshit. I don't think it's his last fight. Um. I thought um I got I got there for the um I saw the Salido Marti um Mike Martinez fight at 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 the hold. I thought um Salido won that fight and I thought he pretty much dominated that fight. So the draw was nonsense. Mayweather did what he's supposed to do. I I wanna throw this out there. I wanna throw this out there. Let me just say for argument's sake, Carol Brooks and Timothy Bradley Fights maybe in January 2016, and if um if Cal Brook wins, I don't I don't see why a Mayweather Cal Brook fight for all the gold is out of the question. I've been wanting May I wanted Mayweather Cal Brook now. I know yeah. it might not happen. It might not happen, but that would be the most intriguing fight. For Floyd to get fifty and so he could be the undisputed. Well, he's undisputed now, but he could be the unified, undisputed welterweight champion. That's the way I'm thinking with it. Because there's only one, there's only two guys that really deserve a fight with Mayweather between one forty-seven and one fifty-four, and that's Kell Brooks, maybe three, Timothy Bradley with the Tom Brady bullshit. That's not going to happen. And Aris Alavi Lara. Those are the three fighters that really deserve a fight with Floyd Mayweather. If it, if, it, if he's going to fight a 50th fight, I don't want to see Pacquiao. I don't want to see Cardo Canelo. We already saw that. Those are the three fighters. What is the, what is you guys' wonderful take on that? Well, I mean, it could know, happen. Laura, Laura's That's not going to happen. Yeah, no, Laura, Laura is a wrap. Go ahead, Ismael. Go ahead. Yeah, Laura's not going to happen for obvious reasons. You know, you have to remember this first. Yeah, remember this first. You know, Floyd is a businessman, so it has to make business sense first before it makes competitive sense. 
Now, Kell Brooks would be a good competitive fight, but the only way I would see that happening is Kell really has to turn his UK fan base on fire to kind of rival how they used to view Hatton, you know, how fervent they were about wanting to see Hatton, wanting to come and see him. If he can drum up the fan base like that, I could see Floyd possibly wanting to do that fight. I mean, he's popular over there now, but he's not at that level yet. So within, you know, if his next fight has the arena going crazy, everybody's there to see him, they're enjoying the fight and all that stuff. If he can do that, then I can see it happening. But I really don't think he's getting the, he'll get the competition in time to make that happen because he's fighting Diego Chavez. So that's not really going to be a barn burner type of spectacle that's really going to get the fan base going. So if if you're looking from a money perspective, that's true. So if you're looking from a money perspective, you know, Floyd's looking to make another big payday. Unfortunately, he's going to be looking at Pacquiao first. Pacquiao's always already running his mouth saying that Floyd cheated. I want to rematch. I don't think we as the fans are really going to give a demand for it. But if he thinks he can make money off of it, that's the first fight he'll go for for number 50. All right. Like money, let me ask you about this. What did you think of uh, Badu Jack versus George Groves? You know, I didn't see I didn't see that whole fight in entire in its entirety, so I can't I can't really speak on it. But um, I saw like the last three I saw the last three rounds, and um, Bobby Jack he, he looked pretty good. And I saw a tweet from um from Brother Ryan. He said that he was a lock for the comeback fight of the year, and I could and for what I saw the last three rounds, I could definitely you know I'm favorite of that. I, I definitely agree with that. So um, I didn't see the whole fight, so I can't. I don't want to, you know, to speak on it and sound ignorant. So I, I, I didn't. I didn't see the whole fight, but I did definitely see. I, de- I definitely saw the last two. Sure. What did you think of? Uh, what's your take on uh, the decision with Martinez Salido? No, so, no, Salido won that fight wide. I mean, wide. It wasn't a close fight. It was wide. Salido was dominating that fight, and I, I didn't like the draw. It was. I mean, people said it was close. It wasn't close. Not to not where the bar I was at. Not their reaction to the fight was the same reaction I had. It was bullshit. It was not. It was not a close fight. Salido won that fight. I would. I would see a third fight. It would be cool to see a third fight, and so and Salido to win another world title. So I, I didn't like the decision at all. Neither did I. Neither did I. All right, Mike Money, we're going to keep the show short because we're going to be going into the press conference. So thank you for listening. Get home safe. If you're still out in the Jersey, be careful out there. Get home safe. No doubt. Thank you. I thank you for taking my call. Peace, All right. Mike. Take care. All right. Peace. So, you know, before we wrap it up, we have uh, 10 minutes left in the show, eight minutes until the press conference. We saw the last time Floyd retired was uh, during the Ricky Hatton, between Ricky Hatton and Juan Manuel Marquez. Uh Is this it? Honestly, if we want to keep it all the way at 100, which we usually do on the ruckus and now on after the final bell, I really hope this is it. I just want to see a mix-up. And it's no hate, and it's no shade to Floyd. It really isn't. I'm not one of those I'm not a, a drum beater for Floyd. I'm not a Floyd hater. I just, I'm ready for a new formula, a, something different. I just want something different. What is your, is this it? And what, what do you want? 
I wanted to be over because he's answered every question he can have about his career, and at this point he is more, and he has been more of a businessman more than a fighter. Um, I can appreciate that from the business side, but being that I'm watching and covering a sport as a reporter and as a journalist, I prefer to focus more on the actual in-ring action and things along those lines. You know, Floyd's just, He's done everything that he can possibly do. It's not going to be his last fight for a few reasons. Uh, number one, he loves to make money. He's better than everyone that's out there. So as long as his body is able to have him compete at this high level and just be head and shoulders better than everyone else, I can't see any reason why he will retire. I think this period is a little low. He'll probably be out of the ring for about a year or so. That will give, give time for someone else to kind of build their name up and then he can just, you know, pick off that person. I think also the fact that if you look at his lifestyle, it's predicated on constant big paychecks coming in. It's hard for mm-hmm. me to envision him being able to maintain that without that constant influx of money coming in because we saw what happened the last time he retired. He ended up owing millions of dollars in back taxes over the span of just two years and had to come back. And I think in this case, you know, if you looked on all access, he came to one of his training camps in like a $5 million, $4 million car. So I'm like, if he's going to keep spending like that, he's going to need to fight again. I just really hope that it's not going to be a case where he gets back in the ring and we get a Roy Jones situation where he's just beaten because he just came back and he's too old. That could potentially happen. That could potentially happen. There's a lot of young, hungry lions that would love to take his shine and they're knocking at the door, so that is highly unlikely. So looking at the early reports from Twitter, it looks like the post-fight press conference will only be Floyd and Berto. Um, shout out to Gail Falkenthal, PR Pro San Diego. Uh, she's in the media room, and apparently uh, Orlando Salido's already made his address to the media. He's very bitter, felt he got robbed. Obviously going to be open to a rematch, but very upset with the decision. I was hoping that we would get more from the post-fight press conference that we would get all of the gentlemen, but looks like we're only going to get Floyd. And so we're probably going to get another one of these verbose filibustering type speeches that were like uh, the boxing, Nevada boxing hall of fame. So looks like that's what we got. So before we wrap it up for the night, for our first episode of after the final bell, this won't necessarily be a regular show. We'll see how it goes. Any closing thoughts before uh, we wrap it up? Uh, I hope that all the promoters, you know, I'm not expecting too many more pay-per-views after Floyd. You know, I know we have Golovkin Lemieux, and we also have um, Canelo Cotto. So I'll address this to Rock Nation and Golden Boy, being that they're still putting together the Canelo Cotto cards. I do think this can be a blueprint about how to do undercards. If we can get undercards like this regularly, that will help the sport become more well-rounded because part of the problem is most people only know a few boxers. And the reason why is because we make it seem like all the other boxers are inconsequential. So if we can start showing how these fights are competitive and how these fighters are elite fighters, even though they're on the undercard, that can do a lot to actually um, exposing all the sport has to offer when we get those casual eyes on it. Because, you know, events like this is when we're going to have casual fans looking at the sport. We need to make the whole car as best as we possibly can. So I hope Golden Boy and Rock Nation were paying attention tonight. I know Oscar was because he was so in shade. But I hope he does pay attention to the undercard and does some due diligence, him and Rock Nation. Uh, 
when they can put that card together and finalize it. All right. Well, thank you, those of you who tuned in. Thank you, Ismail, for staying up on the East Coast. It looks like the press conference has gone to uh, stream right now. You can go to badculture.net. It's the main story on the main page. You can tune in. Badu Jack is on the dais right now addressing the media with regards to his victory. Thanks for listening to After the Final Bell, and good night.